Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, October 24th. It is five minutes after 10. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Let's talk about Donald Trump for just a little bit. He had a big day yesterday. He was in New Hampshire. While he was there, he likened himself to South African President Nelson Mandela. He also <laughs> fantasized about punching President Joe Biden, something I think we've all done before. But while he was there, he got registered in New Hampshire. Our country is just... I mean, my goodness, the position we are in. <laughs> the, like, okay, so 2012 was normal, right? In the sense of it was a normal election. You had the hope and change shine was off Obama. He was just some guy who'd been a subpar president running for re-election. Mm-hmm. And you had Romney, who is as boring as that wall I'm looking at over there. Mm-hmm. And then think since then, <laughs> specifically since... 2016, mm-hmm. where we're at now. We've got we've got presidential candidates openly on stage. I'd like to punch the president right mm-hmm. in the face. Mm-hmm. Well, not only that, but he said that I'm willing to go to jail if that's what it takes for our country to win and become a democracy again. I mean, here's a guy who's saying, you know what? I'll go to jail to get things normal again. Well, look. It's never going to be normal again. It's going to be this very weird battle between whether the country actually cares about its condition anymore because Trump is so is so offensive to so many people mm-hmm. but yet Biden is so bad at his job and you would love I don't know if you know this Casey I once interviewed the president mm-hmm. do you know that I, I I've heard that it I was didn't a great know, I didn't know if that had crossed your desk or not yeah. yes and I mean I've heard that to very terrific I think mm-hmm. was another word that he was wished used. all interviews could be that way look his words not mine I mean, right you know I just sure. asked the question sure but I would love to if presented <laughs> another opportunity to give him that great dream it's mm-hmm. <laughs> a kid what's more ridiculous what would you ask him well what's more ridiculous Trump saying I'd like to punch Biden or calling some guy he met three minutes ago a great dream? I think probably calling some guy he met three minutes ago a great dream because I think a lot of people have the same feeling about wanting to punch Joe yeah, Biden in the face. Yeah. Um, I would love to ask him because, I, and I've, I've told this before, like one of the cool things about interviewing Trump, so they set up this, they're very, uh, they're very strict when you interviewed Trump on mm-hmm. how long you had and they in fact they literally told me if you are not done in your allotted time we will shut your equipment off and sure. move you out of here and so we get done and he wants to keep talking and the lady is like giving me remember in uh, Happy Gilmore Ben Stiller runs the old people's home and he's given the cutthroat mm-hmm. sign mm-hmm. she's giving me that look and I'm like hey he wants to keep talking and you know he was asking me all these things about myself and I, I told him I said people saw the side of you they would think differently mm-hmm. about you. Like he was so nice and he was so charming and he was charismatic and he was caring. It's like, I get it. I'm a great dream and terrific, but you don't owe me anything. You've already gotten what you you want from me. And I would love to, if I could have that sort of, not interview him like, Mr. President, what do you think about this? Microphone in the face, but to sit and talk with him. Do you realize that if you just behave differently, one, you probably would have been reelected and two, you would probably be cruising to, is it re-election if you weren't elected the last yeah, time? Yeah, he'd still be re-elected. You would be cruising towards re-election this time. Mm-hmm. It's not your policies. It's your behavior. Yeah. It's your general whatever. You, you think you would have the gumption to say that to him? 
Yes, I would absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying like if you and if, if he and I were sitting here having the same sort of five minute off the record chit chat like we did in 2016, mm-hmm. and I was talking to him the same way I was talking to him then, I would absolutely ask him that. Because I would be fascinated to know if that actually registers with him. Well, that's the thing. Does he even see that as a problem? And okay, so I want to I want to play this clip. It was Trump holding an adorable newborn. Yeah. And I'm going to go out of order here. Okay. He says, uh, you know, it's a it's a photo op, and it's a newborn baby that he's holding. And this is this is what he says. <laughs> okay, everybody looking right here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, she's loving it. It's a very light baby. Very light baby. He hands the baby back to the mom, kiss the baby twice on top of the head, no sniffing, nothing awkward. I saw that clip, and it really made me like him. Yeah. Because he seemed normal. This is what I... Look, I am telling you right now, I'm doing the, mm-hmm. you still can't see us on the YouTube. You can hear us, though. I love that you can't see us, but yet people are still writing insulting things about me on the YouTube <laughs> chat, which is very weird. But anyway, another conversation for another time. That There is that side of Trump. And that I think that's why he was so effective on foreign policy. Because when Trump goes in a room and the cameras are off and he's meeting with these world leaders, that's what they see, Casey. Mm-hmm. They see the thing that I saw. They see the thing that comes out right there. There's a big part of Trump that is genuinely extremely charismatic, extremely likable, extremely caring and and giving. This was really interesting. So when Trump was running here in, in 2016, after I'd interviewed Trump, I interviewed a guy by the name of Ray, uh, Ray Probasco, Pabas- I think was the guy's name. And he was the pastor for Ryan White mm-hmm. and Ryan White's family. And everybody... Most people know the story of Ryan White. Those of you who don't, Ryan White was a, a young man from Kokomo, later moved to Cicero, uh, was of no fault of his own through a blood transfusion, uh, tragically came down with AIDS, HIV in the very early part of that where there was no cure. The drugs weren't what they were now. And it was essentially a death sentence. He tried to go to public school. He was ostracized. People mm-hmm. didn't understand it. Most people know the Ryan White story. Well, Trump actually came to know Ryan White through Michael Jackson. And Michael Jackson and Elton John befriended Ryan White. And Michael Jackson was actually living in Trump Tower at the time. And Trump flew Michael Jackson to Ryan White's house in Cicero to see him in his final days. And and Trump got to know know Ryan White. And so you're interviewing this guy, Ray Probasco, about Ryan White. And you're talking about all these other things. And you start talking about Trump. And you you understand from people like this who have interactions with, with Trump. Trump didn't get anything out of that. It wasn't like Trump made any money off of that. It cost him a lot of money. He's flying Michael Jackson, sure. for crying out loud. But you realize there's this incredibly giving side to Trump. Like, he is an incredibly good person at his... That's, at his, what, it, that's right. what it seems like. But the problem is, it's like in reverse. Usually with politicians, the good guy persona is the front. Is what you see in the beginning. And then they keep yes. talking. Yeah, right. You have to get behind the mask. And in the case with Trump, it's the exact opposite. Yeah. Like the core of him is very good and it's very decent and it's very loving and caring. But the 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 outside shell of him is the apprentice guy and the entertainer guy. And you just would love to be able to have five minutes with him and say, dude, if you were just what you are at your core, you would 
be president of the United States. The thing was, when he was holding the baby, it, it seemed real. It seemed genuine. And that's what people are attracted to. Yeah. And, you know. You, you want to believe him. We've told this story many, many times. Like, when my wife, girlfriend at the time, when we started dating, she worked for the corporate group of the people who owned us before Urban mm-hmm. One. Mm-hmm. And she was down here for a variety of reasons, not important. And I met her and she, you know, after a couple of weeks, went back up to corporate and told him, yeah, I'm dating Rob Kendall. And they're like, oh, my gosh, get her in a witness protection program. Someone call the authorities. That guy's crazy. She needs a brain scan. What's wrong with her? She said, no, no, no. It's like he's the nicest guy ever. Mm -hmm. Like the stuff on the radio is just for fun. And at his core, he's a nice guy. Now, he believes a lot of the stuff he says. But the the you know, the wild and wackiness, like he's like genuinely the best guy I've ever been with. And the people for a long time just refused to believe that. The point is, though, when I was in public office, when I was running for public office, I wasn't this, right? Like, I still had the same core set of beliefs. I still had the same views of government and how do we fix government and how do we do the things. But it was a different face you put forward because you actually people's opinions of you actually matter and your presentation actually matters in terms of you're trying to get people to vote for you. And Trump just has never. And it's so weird that it's in reverse the ability to show people what he actually is at his core. Okay, so he was delivering some remarks. This was at a campaign rally. He was uh, attacking Joe Biden, says that Biden has been a dream for Islamic terrorists. But Crooked Joe has been a dream president for radical Islamic terrorists. He's been a dream. He's been a dream, an absolute dream. Look what they built. Look at the power they have. They send thousands and thousands of missiles every night. Where the hell do they get thousands of missiles? Each one is expensive as hell. Um, I think he's going to do very well in New Hampshire. And the reason I'm saying that is, well, not only is he polling very well, according to the latest Suffolk University, Boston Globe, USA Today poll, he's at nearly 50 percent. And his next second is Nikki Haley, and she's at about 20 percent. But the thing about New Hampshire is that it ranks second nationally for the number of residents that use oil to heat their homes. Yeah. And that's going to play very big for him in that area. Because of the economy, uh, you know, 54, 58 percent of people are saying that he will be better handling the economy than Biden is. I thought this was interesting. Um, so he talked about Biden's speech on Israel mm-hmm. that, that he gave. And how awful been, it was. Yeah, four, four or five days ago. And um, really, really went after. This is one of the things I really like about Trump is he has been super critical of the rubber stamp of all this money going to the Ukraine. Mm-hmm. And he was very critical of that in this speech. Take a listen. Four days ago, Crooked Joe Biden gave one of the most dangerous and deluded speeches ever delivered from the Oval Office. It was disaster. Not only presentation, which wasn't too good. It's the words that were really bad. Less than one week after, innocent men, women, children and babies were kidnapped, raped, tortured, slaughtered in the worst terror attack in Israeli history. It was the worst in the history, actually. Babies, I guess they said 42 babies with their heads chopped off. Think of that one. They don't even want to talk about it. Crooked Joe went before the American people and said that if you want to support Israel, then you have to give a blank check for the proxy war also in Ukraine, having to do with Russia and Ukraine, which is another one, by the way, would have never, 
It would have never happened if we were president. If we didn't have that election, you wouldn't have that. You wouldn't have inflation. You wouldn't have had the attack on Israel. You wouldn't have had a lot of the horrible things. The world is exploding. If you take a look, I mean, the whole world is exploding. Well, he's not wrong. I think things would be a lot different if he were in the overall office. He says that uh, Biden's not feared or respected. Yeah, yeah, and let's play that real quick because I think that I think of all the things he said yesterday, this is the most important and the most accurate. This is happening because no one fears Joe Biden. Crooked Joe is not feared. He's not respected, and he's regarded by our enemies as a joke. He's—they don't even believe it. When I'm president, America will be respected again like never before, just like never before. Okay, so there's a, a large fleet, uh, large uh, warships uh, now in the Mediterranean Sea. You've got two U.S. carrier groups there, and things are escalating every single day. All right, Casey, when we come back, mm-hmm. and you know my least favorite part. Oh, are you right on something? My least favorite part. Are you correct about something? About come on these airwaves. Mm-hmm. And I look, I get it. Uh, we're told by the politicians no one's listening. So I get it. It's just you and I having this little conversation mm-hmm. here. So I, we're going to have to do my least favorite part of any show. I'm going to have to talk about how right I was. And in this case, the state of Indiana is essentially admitting that the tax plan Mm -hmm. by Suzanne Crouch, Mm -hmm. which has been the tax plan of the Republican Party for the past several years, by and large benefits the very rich people and is terrible for the poor and the middle class. I'll take a victory lap, Casey, when we come back. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 22 minutes after 10, it's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So a conservative think tank has recommended to the Indiana General Assembly that they cut the income tax, and they do it with caution. Yeah. Now, there's also this task force, and they've come out, and they said, Ooh, wait a second, that may not be such a great idea. Yeah, look, we have talked about this for a very long time on this show, and this is why we are hated down at the State House. We cut through the narrative. We don't like any of these people, and so we are not on anyone's team. Whose team we're on, we're on your team, the listener's team. And we tell you the reality of what happens down at the State House, day in and day out, and how those people, the Republicans, because they control everything, are consistently screwing you at the benefit of a very select group of people. And one of the things we have told you is the tax policy in this state is geared towards helping the very tippy top of the of the tax structure. Why? Because those are the people and those are the businesses that give the money to the politicians. And so we've talked about at length, if you actually wanted to help people, if you were a politician and you said, my goal is to help the most amount of people possible in some way of tax reform, mm-hmm. then either getting rid of property taxes or revamping property taxes or getting rid of the gas tax or repealing the gas tax back to a 2017 level. Those are the two best things you could possibly do if your goal was to help the most amount of people the most. But what you consistently hear from the Republicans is, oh, no, that's that's off. 
that's off limits. Now, they give you ridiculous excuses like, but my roads, how would I fund my roads, Casey? Or how would we fund the schools? Mm -hmm. Of course, it's ridiculous. There's a million different ways you could do both of those things. The reality is the Republicans in the state of Indiana are essentially financial predators. And what I mean by that is they target taxes that hit the poor and middle class the hardest and they target taxes that you cannot avoid and as such you look at where they've cut taxes over the past couple years while your property taxes have skyrocketed your gas taxes have skyrocketed they have cut what the income tax Mm -hmm. because the cut in the income tax helps the upper echelon of people who give the money and the poor and middle class are left with more of the burden this new um capital chronicle had the article this new state and local tax review task force Mm -hmm. boy that sounds like someone that's going to get nothing done right was told essentially that if you indeed did Suzanne Crouch's plan, mm-hmm. which she has no way to pay for because we all know she's not actually cutting government. She's got to cut $8 billion. But if you did this axe the tax, mm-hmm. what it would do is it would take this, the poor and middle class people essentially $62 while handling, handing the top 1% $30,000. Okay, so the state's poorest residents, it would cost them more money. Basically, yes. And the state's richest residents would get a $30,000 tax cut. Yes, absolutely. So, so if, you're, if you're the, the – I was having this conversation with somebody yesterday, and this is somebody who works very hard and uh, has done everything they can to avoid – their they, her and her husband both work two full-time jobs. They have several children, and they are at, at all cost avoiding going on government assistance. And we were talking about how the state, the country – because Indiana does it too, de-incentivizes work through the Healthy Indiana Plan, where it's based on income. We don't reward people who are out working. We don't say, hey, you're working hard. You've got three kids. You both are working full-time jobs. Let's help subsidize your insurance. No, what we say is to the people who aren't working, hey, here, you essentially get free insurance. Oh, and you middle-class people hanging on by a thread, well, you get nothing because you make too much money. Mm -hmm. And this is another example of the state rewarding a very select group of people at the expense of everyone else. If you actually want to help people, which is not the goal of the Republicans, it is not the goal of the Indiana General Assembly, but if you actually wanted to help people in their day-to-day existence, the number one thing you could do is reform the property tax structure to have an actual hard cap, get out of these referendums, get out of this, your home, your property taxes go up based on whether some guy sells his home or not, and the number two thing you could do is gas tax. The last thing you should be doing is cutting the income tax. Income tax. tax. So this analyst from the Tax Foundation said, we currently don't see a proper way to replace $8 billion at least in the short term, it's definitely not possible. Silent has a plan, though, Casey. Mm-hmm. It's like Nixon getting out of Vietnam. She can't tell you what the plan is yet, but she's got a plan. Okay, coming up next, Tony Kinnett is going to join us. I don't know if you saw it last night. There was a debate on TV. <laughs> did you watch? I did. Were I had you, the great misfortune of watching. Were you glued yes. to your yeah, television? Absolutely. All right, we're going to discuss that coming up from 93 WIBC. Casey's here. We normally do voicemails today, 
but, uh, well, special guest in the studio. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're, what are you doing? Are you filling in? By the way, it's Tony Kennett. Hello. You can find him at the Daily Signal. He has a new show, has a new show coming out very soon here on WIB. When does it start? When's the new show November start? 6th. Mark your calendars. 7 to 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. That's right. It's going to be a hoot. Each night. November the 6th. Is that right? Is that what That's you said? correct. The night before the big election okay. of disappointment. Speaking of big elections and disappointment, did you watch that debate last night for mayor? I did, and I was disappointed. Oh, my gosh. It was like a bad... We started the show with it. It was so bad. I had it tucked away like at 10, 20 or something. I was like, ah, we'll get to it. It was so bad, Kenneth. That first 20 minutes was, Keezy, am I wrong, was like a bad Saturday Night Live skit. It was, but why were you disappointed? You did not have your expectations set properly. No, no, no. Let me explain. I was disappointed because I, I really like Sanchez. I think he's a very quality guy. I think he's the be- one of the best that Wish has. Mm-hmm. And I think that his questions and, and were- he's beautiful. He's a beautiful man. Well, that's that's true. Beautiful but, man. You know, I'm, I'm a married and straight man, Rob. <laughs> uh, anywho. But even okay you can be- recognize it. Even I can recognize a beautiful man. Bill Sanchez has fabulous eyebrows. It's okay. My wife tells me all the time. I was disappointed that at one point, I was expecting Sanchez to just start swearing because of the low quality debate. (laughs) There comes a time when you moderate something that you're like, I've been given trash and I'm expected to shovel this manure with both hands. I'm amazed that Shreve agreed with Hogsett on a bunch of things. I'm not amazed. I mean, like, we all knew he was going to. Mm-hmm. To be so overt, you know, Hogsett being like, I think that the concealed carry permits were much better than this Constitution thing we have. And then to hear Shreve go, yeah, I think that too. Handguns are really, really bad. Be like, oh, wow, Democrat and the Bud Light Democrat are I mean, up here debating. And I love this. So are you filling in for cats today, right? Yeah, I am. So he was on the morning show today. He's actually showed up to work, which is amazing. And he's like... Like ripping on people like us, are like we're not we're not supporting this. Well, it's incrementally better, you know. You're foolhardy or whatever word he was using. No, we're sick of these crap establishment <laughs> Marion County Republican candidates, and this is why the state's in the condition it's in because the these people have taken over the state party, and this is why we have the highest taxes and the most government and the biggest budgets we've ever had because we're told, well, it doesn't matter what crap candidate they put out there, you got to vote for mm-hmm. it. Well, it's this it's this uh, Armageddonism that we. Treat every election with, where if Joe Hogsett isn't exchanged for some lukewarm, reheated leftovers establishment GOP candidate, that it's going to be the end of Indianapolis. It's going to be a smoking crater. No, it's not. It's not. I'm sorry. This election is not the be-all, end-all, last election we ever get to have in Indiana. It's the stupidest nonsense I've ever heard coming from establishment in individuals who claim that nothing is ever as bad as it seems. Here's an idea. Give us a candidate we want to vote for. Yeah. Well, that candidate could never get elected. Yeah, because Shreve's doing so much better in the polls right now. <laughs> so what do you think? That's a scare tactic? It is a scare tactic. It's what they do. Well, uh, they would never be able to pull any of the moderate voters if they ran like a conservative. Show me these moderate voters. Where are they? Where is this yeah. this mob of moderate voters who are saying, I'd vote for Shreve if he was less conservative? Mm-hmm. Where, where are they? Yeah. They don't exist. Tony Kennett's our guest. He's uh, filling in for cats today. Uh, all right. So Sanchez asked the question. Huge kudos to him. We talked about it earlier in the show. He asked, where were you during the riots? Hogsett gives this, again, this just bizarre, rambling, unverified answer. And he keeps claiming, you know, I was at home. I was t-. No person has ever come out and showed proof of any sort the Joe Hogs that was in communication with anyone during the riots. I have a really cool policy, Rob, and it's called I don't have any skeletons in the closet. By me not having any skeletons in the closet, you can never catch me in a gotcha, ever. If I ever run for office, God forbid, there will never be something that someone can go, hey, remember back here in 2011 when you were a junior in high school? Where were you this day? I did. 
just very open honesty is very easy to get. You never catch me in a moment yeah. where I come off as some creepy, sleazy whatever. You may not like me. You may think I'm crass, but I am a good candidate because I will tell you exactly where I was on any day, year, month, whatever. And Hogsett can't do it. Again, all you have to do is say, yeah, I mean, I was visiting a friend in rehab. And everyone would go, oh, that's that's a good thing to do. You're allowed to be a mayor and go visit someone in rehab. Mm-hmm. Just leave someone running the city while you're gone. Right. And not your some coke-addicted assistant who's running around bouncing off of the walls like pinball in the 80s because he's running an entire city that was thrown on him the last second because a mayor may or may not have been thrown into rehab because he's got an alcohol problem. Okay, so after his answer, I was working from home. I was in constant contact. Blah, 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 blah. Got two to three hours sleep. Blah, blah, blah. Woke oh, up you a, got two to three hours woke sleep? Woke up at four in the morning and then carried on. But then he said, George Floyd changed the world. Uh, Yeah, I guess fentanyl really has made an impact on society. (laughs) I mean, we've seen how many coroner's coroner's reports now that shows that it wasn't the knee of the officer. And then uh, anyway, uh, aside from all of those. Why did he have to put that in his answer, though? Because he has to let everyone in Indianapolis know how woke he is, how just impressive he is, how just he's he's so with it with the times and the BLM and the pride and the George and the Floyd. and And, And Shreve let him go. He gives this. And by the way, you can't confirm any of this stuff because he doesn't use his city, you know, provided email, et cetera. And our buddy Robert Evans has tried for basically a year to get any sort of information on this and keeps getting right. his public records requests denied. So Hogsett is using stuff off the grid. But there's not one person who stepped up and said, yes, here I was in contact with Hogsett the whole time. Here's the proof. Not one person has done that. And yet Shreve just stands there and just lets him off the hook. Because Shreve is terrified of Hogsett. I'm, I'm very careful to use the word coward, but Shreve is a coward. He is a chicken crap coward. And he is because he is terrified of Shreve, or he's terrified of Hogsett. You will notice that every time that Hogsett throws out some kind of an accusation, Shreve changes his campaign based on Hogsett's accusations. People who aren't voting for Hogsett do not care what Hogsett has to say. So why are you treating your campaign as though it has to be okayed by your opponent? It is the most underwhelmingly stupid election tactic I've ever seen. I was watching that last night. I was at my other job, and I'm sitting there watching it, and I'm like, I have no idea where Shreve is even running. He spent $13.5 million of his own money, and he looked like he was at you know, some sort of thing he was forced to go to by his wife or something. It's like, you shouldn't you be <laughs> acting like you're having a good time here? It looked like he was miserable. Every single candidate that I have endorsed and has taken the the basic advice and, and strategies to win an election has won elections in Indianapolis and in Indiana abroad. Every candidate that follows common sense tactics that ignores their opponent, that talks to their constituents, that doesn't record videos from their white-paneled ivory-towered mansions and actually addresses if... Shreve would have run on, I'm going to fix the potholes, and I'm going to stop the shootings. He'd be elected. That's it. That's all he has to say. Funnel it back to those two issues. No more potholes. Mm -hmm. No more shootings by criminals that police aren't allowed to go after and lock up permanently. That's all you got to do. All you have to do. And he can't even do that. It is the most basic elementary school council election tactic in history. Focus. And the dude can't. I have ADHD, and the guy's got worse focus issues than I have. Yeah, I mean, he just looked completely miserable. Tony Kennett's our guest. We're talking about that uh, that mayor's debate last night. And again, I'm watching this going, I almost cannot tell the difference between these two It's the two same people. picture. It is. It's the you're same right. picture. No, you're totally right. In, that I'm, office I'm, meme. And, oh, that yeah. is, and that is why I just I just was driving down the road this morning hearing Tony like lecture people about, like us here, saying, no, we're not we're not going along with this anymore. Like, well, it's incrementally better. I don't think it would be. I'm I do not, not think it would be incrementally 
definitely better. No, I, I really like and respect Tony Katz. He's kind of a mentor to me in a lot of ways, but I'm going to make this very clear. If you put your vote behind Shreve, you are telling the Marion County GOP and the Indiana GOP, I am okay with electing candidates that are this bad. Yeah. I don't. I want conservative candidates. They may not always be the best candidates. We may have to throw a few out. Maybe they get behind the wheel and drive a little drunk down 69. We have to get rid of them. <laughs> but I want candidates that I can get behind, not some nonsensical Chicago-style Washington, D.C. swamp creatures that don't even know what conservative values are. Why would I elect that? Uh, here was my going to be my open. I I do. Do you do this, Kenneth Casey? Do you guys debate along at home? Like like if you're you pretend <laughs> if you were answering. Yeah, you mm-hmm. pre- I, like I pretended to be Shreve and I was mm-hmm. debating against Hogsett. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you ever do that, Kenneth? I do. I, I I don't just save those kind of debates for the shower. That's my entire life. Yeah, exactly. Okay, <laughs> so here would have been because the first question they got was about crime. And by the way, I thought mm-hmm. Phil Sanchez and Wish TV did a phenomenal job. He asked all the things that should have been asked. He can't help it if Shreve sucks as a candidate and couldn't take the ball and and run with it here would have been my opening statement on the first question was about crime out of the gate are you ready tell me what you think about this kenneth are, casey you ready mm-hmm. all right here we go uh ladies and gentlemen joe hogsett is so incompetent he couldn't even take out his own trash <laughs> under joe hogsett's leadership the city has become trash mm-hmm. and so this november we have the opportunity to, to take, take joe it. hogsett out with the trash. Mm-hmm. What do you think, Kenneth? How about that? I like that. I like that a lot. I, I just made that up off the top of my head. How is it that I've spent zero dollars and I'm just playing along at home and I can do that and Shreve can't do anything? I've got one. It's called this. I say, hey, under your watch, Hogset, how many felons were released back on the street to commit more violence? I yield the rest of my time to Hogset. <laughs> how many felons? Oh, all of them? Oh my gosh, I, I'm sorry. Hey, uh, r- with the rest of my time, Hawkshead, why don't you share a message with the victims of the families who felons you let back out on the street murdered? Yeah, I, anything. I, I am just I'm floored. Oh, at how Indianapolis bad it was. is a cesspool. Okay, got it. I, Thank you. I'm totally floored. All right, so you're filling in for cats today. What are you talking about? What are you doing? Oh, we're going to cover uh, all of the nonsense regarding World War III. Uh, I've got criticisms for everyone ranging from Tucker saying we're going to war with Iran after criticizing Lindsey Graham for saying we're going to war with Iran. So everyone's lost their minds. Uh, number two, everyone's saying that we can't possibly win a war because there's like a dude with a skirt that's running the department that we all know would be fired five minutes into a war. And then number three, the both sidesism of like how Palestine is suddenly just as much a victim mm-hmm. is the most nonsense that ever nonsense. But Rob, you're going to love this because yeah. I just got this this morning. How exciting. There is a post from a protest saying reproductive justice means free Palestine. <laughs> <laughs> All right, he's coming up today at noon. It's Tony Kennett. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, dude. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Ten forty-eight. It's Kendall and Casey on ninety-three WIBC. Hammer joins us in the studio. All right, Hammer. The latest Indy Politics and Crossroads Public Affairs poll said that Hogsett was getting forty-seven percent and Jefferson Shreve was getting thirty-seven percent of the vote. Sixteen percent still undecided for the mayor's race here in Indy. Did the debate last night sway any of the undecideds, or make people change their mind and go to the other side? Nobody changed their mind last night at all. And the thing is, Boss Hawkset gave yep. Jefferson Shreve yep. like a chance on a silver platter to really yep. go at him, expose him for who he was. 
But Jefferson Shreve looked like a hostage up there yesterday. <laughs> he looked scared to death. Yeah. Like, I understand live television isn't for everybody. I understand that. But if you're wanting to be the mayor of Indianapolis and you're scared to be on camera and you're scared of Boss Hawkset being in the same room, what are you going to do when BLM tries to hijack the city again? Yeah, and how about our man, Phil Sanchez, asking the question where Boss Hogsett was during the riots? And again, it's this bizarro answer about, I was at home. I was not a single solitary person has provided evidence. They were in communication with Joe Hogsett, and Shreve just let it go. So as you may know, I was an employee at Wish TV for a while. Yeah. I still mm-hmm. do a daily TV hit with them, uh, with Nige every day, but had my own sports betting program over there for a number of years. Is that because, is that you say you had because Scott Long did too many uh, Colonel Sanders stories? <laughs> maybe, maybe. <laughs> we'll get back to that later. But I still have a lot of good contacts over yeah. there, right? And somebody sent me a message last night. Yeah. Somebody that was not part of the debate, but was there watching everything take place. After Phil Sanchez asked Boss Hogsett, where were you the night of the debates? I guess, or or the riots. I guess Boss Hogsett's staff melted down. (laughs) This is from one of my little birdie friends that I've uh, become friends with during my time of employment. And it's hilarious because... Uh, again, he gives this bizarro answer that's totally ridiculous about all these people he's in contact with. He's never provided a single shred of proof he was in contact right. with anyone. And then Shreve just, like, lets it go. Right. Shreve knows where he was at, too. Sure. Like, we know the losers that run his campaign. And through the grapevine, we've heard they also know exactly where he was at. Maybe it was somewhere in Richmond, Indiana. Maybe it wasn't. I don't know. That's just what the hearsay is. Mm-hmm. Wink, wink. Uh, but you let him off the hook if i'm down 10 points in a mayor's race and we're two weeks away yeah. from go time yeah damn the torpedoes were you or were you not in rehab these are the rumors that are out there were you in rehab in richmond indiana yes or no can you prove your whereabouts and that's an important follow-up because the city was burning yep. stores were being looted yep. two people died and all we know is that you did not give the order and i was talking to a former impd officer throughout the show today who was listening and said, Rob, you're, you're spot on on this. What we know definitively is Hogsett did not give the order to surrender the circle. The deputy mayor, or whatever his title was, right. did. The only thing that came out of Boss Hogsett, and we know he didn't doesn't run his Twitter account, was a tweet at like 2 or 3 in the morning. Because remember the day after, you, me, and Nige on our little group text were like, that's it? That's all we got after the city was burned to the ground is the mayor of the 3 a.m. tweet? Because he wasn't at home. That was sent out by his little butt sniffer advisor, and we believe it was Thomas Cook. And the first time we heard from Boss Augset, like the first time we actually saw him in the city where he's the mayor of, he threw the police under the bus. Yeah, and you know what pisses me off? We're trying harder to get Boss Augset than Shreve is to get Boss Augset. And that's what happened last night. All of the things we just talked about, Jefferson Shreve has at his disposal. Yes. Last night was the biggest audience they're going to have for a debate because the first one wasn't televised. Right. The first televised debate's always the biggest yep. audience. And he laid an egg I mean, last night. You got a guy that's so shifty that we're led to believe he was he was severely injured or he disappeared for essentially a week taking out the trash. <laughs> right. Really? And you don't call him out on that? Like 
at the very least, you're too incompetent to take out your own trash. You have no business running the, the capital city of the state of India. I mean, and Shreve just, like, he was more passionate about talking about the dogs than he was the crime. Right. And listen, I'm not mad that... If it's true, again, this is the rumor that Joe Hogsett was in rehab during that time. I hope he got the help that he need. The problem is we needed a mayor. We needed someone here in Indianapolis to call the shots to be here. Atlanta's mayor was there, and she got picked for a cabinet position from Joe Biden. And this is why Boss Hogsett is running for a third term. He thought he was going to get some cush gig with the Biden administration. That didn't happen. Mm -hmm. And now here we are again because he doesn't want to get a real job. Yeah, uh, Shreve, why would you think about he basically paid $13.5 million of his own money to get on that debate stage. And he acted like he didn't even want to be there. Like he was afraid to be there. Like, what is Boss Hogsett going to do to you? Just call him out. Like you're speaking for these uh, hundreds of thousands of people who had their lives destroyed and watched the city turn to trash under Hogsett. And you're representing those people. And that's the half-assed effort you give. You've got the leverage. This guy over here was the mayor during a riot and he wasn't anywhere to be found. Citizens died. You are the mayor during the worst homicide stretch in the history of the state. And we talked about this yesterday in our afternoon show, and I hope people listened. We knew Joe Hogsett was going to try to pull that stupid card where he says, well, homicides are down from a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Who was the mayor a couple of years ago during the record? And, and I can't stress this enough, you're not supposed to set a record yeah. every single year. And how about again, one final time, our man, Phil Sanchez, asking the question, the most beautiful man in all of India Indianapolis media. Finally, the dude with the cojones to ask the yes, question. Sir. Yes, mm-hmm. sir. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All those other little butt sniffers at the other stations that have these horrible weekend political shows that nobody watches, they don't have the cojones. But a hard-ass dude from New York yeah! does, Phil freaking Sanchez. Yeah! He knew that you guys would not ever let it go if he didn't. Did you think any, any of the other topics they discussed, uh, the revolving door on crime in Marion County, permitless carry, well, that, there was downtown. another thing, permitless carry, yeah, right? Okay. So they got to that relatively quickly in the debate last mm-hmm. night. And again, Joe Hogsett got the answer first. He set the tone, but because Shreve's camp, they're such morons, <laughs> they agree with the guy that law-abiding gun owners are the reasons why there's so many guns in the city. It's just such a stupid argument. There's too many guns. Like, as though the felons were going for the permits to begin right. with, right? I mean, come on. Now the constitutional carry has been passed. I can finally kill someone. You, how much money do you think... Uh... <laughs> How much money do you think Shreve has given the big guy? Oh, the fat guy that's a failure running his campaign? A lot. Like, I don't know who makes more. The old failure that the game has passed by, the guy that lost with Luger, or the big fat tub of lard that told him, hit your wagon to banning guns. Like, look how bad Boss Hogsett is. Like, if Jefferson Shreve wasn't just a total Melvin listening to these clowns, he might be winning. Yeah, uh, should I hired you? Yes, absolutely. What's coming up this afternoon? We'll talk more about what we saw last night. (laughs) We've got some audio highlights. We'll break it all down. Top stories in Indy. It's Bill Sanchez Appreciation Day on WIBC. it is. (laughs) It's Kevin Lee Casey on 93 WIBC.